back with our February episode of Sartorial Splendor. I'm Corey. John is with me again. Good to talk to y'all. I told you they were going to be back more frequently this year, so we're already on a good track record. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. I'm excited to be here and especially excited for today's topic. Speaking of, so normally we tend to have a little bit more lighthearted or we're exploring... certain designers or talking about sartorial things in general, but we wanted to be um, a little bit more serious this episode just because we're in that period of, you know, this is a good time of year for reflection and overall thinking of things. And we were kind of wanting to talk about consumption. Yeah. For me, this is something that was brought to my mind almost immediately when I started the hobby. Um, when I, when I started collecting perfumes, I was so excited to try all these new things and it just became very easy for me to, um, to get lost in the process of purchasing different things. And, uh, yeah, I feel like there's just a lot to talk about and to get into, um, in regards to fragrance and consumption and healthy consumption. Um, and obviously this, doesn't just apply to fragrance we're just approaching it from a fragrance standpoint obviously retail therapy can hit anybody whether it's you know clothing watches fragrance makeup shoes uh whatever we're Mm -hmm. just approaching it through the lens of fragrance for today's episode yeah and i think i think there's a lot to talk about that is both fragrance specific and um has to do more with uh, retail therapy at large. There's there's lots to talk about in both cases. So we wanted to approach this of a two-prong element of, A, you know, we are in a culture, you know, we live in a society, quote unquote, <laughs> that does tend to um, rely on consumer spending yeah, and does encourage consumption, uh, sometimes to the point of overconsumption. So it could be... Not so much that you have a retail therapy addiction problem is it's just, it's very easy. Like John said, they can get swept up in Mm -hmm. trying everything or, you know, there's this whole idea of hype that can be very um, persuasive. And then there's also the other side of it of like retail therapy addiction actually is very much a thing. Mm -hmm. And it is something to be mindful of. I know it's something I want to be mindful of because, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. So I want to be sure that I'm not going from one addiction to another. Yeah. And I also bring experience with um, past addiction, specifically to um, online multiplayer games. And that's, it's funny because that's another area which people don't really think or to take seriously about addiction. But I mean, you talk to, any number of young people and it's certainly a pervasive (laughs) problem that's only becoming more pervasive. So coming into fragrance kind of had that on my radar. It will Mm -hmm. always be on my radar addiction in general. Um, And it's very easy to hop um, to, to overcome one issue and then hop to another. Yeah. It's something like John and I both, I think for us, it's nice because we have kind of like that accountability section of if one of us is like, yeah, blah, blah, all these bottles, we can kind of be like, do you need the bottle or can you just get a sample of this? Like, why are you getting this? You seem to be getting, you know, it's nice to have Mm -hmm. that somebody that also kind of has that same experience of like, Hey, 
are you getting this because you want it and it's going to make you happy? And are you going to use it or are you getting it because you're kind of maybe getting sucked into some bad habits? Right. Cause there's, I think there is a very different, um, when you hear someone talk about buying a new bottle, there is a difference between like, this is something I've been waiting to buy for like a long time. You've hear, heard them like rave about wearing it or liking mm-hmm. it a lot. Um, and it's like a, it's like maybe one of the first, the only things that's on their mind as far as like a new um, thing that they want and have wanted versus, oh, I'm suddenly getting this or I'm suddenly getting that. And you're like, oh yeah, I haven't even heard you talk about that before. Like, like there's, there's a bit of a different, um, mm-hmm. different dynamic, at least in my, my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also it can, it can easily become a hype issue as well. I mean, any mm-hmm. community you're in, like if you look at the sneaker community, hype beast. Right. And I think there is a bit of an issue of that in Fragcom as well. Um, you know, there's communities or pockets that they'll really start hyping. And it, it, I, I want to make sure to say, you know, hype is not the same as there's a trend. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a trend of like, hey, a new cologne came out, ever, you know, maybe we should check it out. Or a lot of people really like a particular cologne so much as like, hey, a new cologne came out and very specific people are hyping it, hyping it, hyping it, hyping it versus it's a natural like a lot of people enjoy this. Right. And usually the the hype has something to do with, oh, this is the this is the best of X, you know, yeah. um, versus like this is like re- setting realistic expectations for what something can be mm-hmm. um, and, and not like not using hyperbole to market it, like even unintentionally market it to other people in the community. Right. Like th- it shouldn't be like, this is the ultimate compliment mode getter, like mm-hmm. panty dropper, like anything like that. I would automatically just kind of have a mental red flag of. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of fragrances we like really quick, let's do a quick scent check before we get into the rest of the meat of the episode. John, what are you wearing? Uh, so today I'm wearing Kenoki by Combe des Garcons, and it is an excellent, relatively well-priced uh, niche fragrance that's just a very, um, very refined, very focused uh, Hinoki wood and cypress woods fragrance. So it's it's mostly got those wood notes. It, the cypress means it's going to be kind of like that sharper evergreen scent with some herbal touches. And then it has a little bit of um, frankincense and oak moss in the base just to, just to bolster what's going on in the rest of the fragrance, but it's not nearly as noticeable as the other, as the more like incense forward come dig our stone fragrances. So this is really a wood first um, come dig our stone fragrance and highly recommend it. It's excellent. I am wearing La Humaniste from did we ever decide how we wanted to pronounce that? Is it Frappen? <laughs> I'm just uh, realizing frappin I don't maybe. think we ever looked that up. Frappen. Well, I'm going to go with Frappen. Um, it's, I was actually very pleasantly surprised. I've liked some other scents from them, like Speakeasy and Isle of Man, but this one is very citrus aromatic. I don't know if I'd go as far as John, like they describe it as a freshie. I don't know that I'd say <laughs> it was a freshie. There's a very strong gin note in here. So to me, it's still kind of in the boozy category. Right. But it's a, it's not like, oh, somebody spilled a gin and tonic on you. It is just a very classy, there's notes of gin in here. But it's very classy with like some citrus, like lemon, 
and bergamot and then they've got spices in like the cardamom and the pink, pink pepper pepper nutmeg thyme so it's just it's a very classy aromatic gin scent to me mm-hmm. um, yeah, i was very I, pleasantly I mean, surprised with how much i enjoyed this one i don't think i'm going to get a bottle of it because i have obviously stuff in my collection that serves a similar purpose but if i didn't have other bottles in my collection i would consider it yeah it's a it's an excellent fragrance and i know that um I'm pretty sure Scent Split carries decants of that one, if anyone's curious. That's that's what I ended up getting. Um, but samples are definitely available for that fragrance. And yeah, highly recommend trying that one as well. But notice what I said. I really like it, but I'm not going to get a bottle because. Mm-hmm. Because I have a larger collection of fragrances. And I'm like, I do have a lot of fragrances. I don't need to have redundancies at this point. Because yeah. to me, it's like I have to have a cutoff limit. Otherwise, I am going to have a lot of fragrances that I will never get through in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely why I've modeled my spending habits in particular ways. I mean, one of the things I do, um, which can be a, a harder line to draw as somebody who does have an addictive personality, is if you get into something and you realize that you have those tendencies, you kind of have to draw um, boundaries for yourself. And that way, at least if you're breaking them, (laughs) you can realize, oh, okay, this is something I can't control as well as I thought. So Mm -hmm. for me, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well with that at the moment, like relatively small collection. I purchase a a fragrance amount of fragrance that is totally within my budget. Um, But the, uh, the lines that you have to set, I mean, they're different for everyone and it totally depends on how much you can afford and also, um, how much fragrance you're using there's there's all sorts of factors that that kind of play into that right and i i would also caution um obviously is just a rule to follow like you should not be going into debt over fragrances mm-hmm. <laughs> i i would not categorize this as something worth going into debt over unlike you know food <laughs> yeah <laughs> this yeah. this is very I, much this is a hobby this is not you know, worth racking up a giant credit card bill for. If you don't have it within your budget, then, you know, you really should not be spending money you don't have. I think no matter that is, how nice it smells. Yeah, decants are perfect for that. And uh, I think as somebody who reviews fragrance, um, I think a lot of re- other reviewers that I've seen, yeah, and it really is different for everybody, but I think there's a danger in saying, okay, I'm going to get this for a review, especially if you're like on YouTube. And you holding that bottle is something that you do every video. It's very tempting to just to think, okay, I'm going to buy this because it's for this project that I'm doing, this this um, other aspect of fragrance that is involved in my life. Like it, I'm buying a bottle not just because I want to wear it, but also because I, it has like a different use. And yes, mm-hmm. it's good to have different uses, but you also have to keep in mind like what's the what's the cost benefit of of buying that bottle, no matter what you're going to do with it. Well, and one thing that I think, especially in FragCom on YouTube, is there's this push or this kind of sway towards if you're going to review something and you're going to make a video of it, you should have the full bottle. Right. Which I don't, I, I, we've talked about this. I don't think it's necessary. You don't need a full bottle of a fragrance to review it, even if you're doing YouTube. You, I don't think you have to have a full bottle to give somebody an accurate review. No, absolutely not. 
you know, a sample, if you properly apply it and don't just, you know, stick the little dabber in there, brush it across your skin once and maybe get like a microscopic drop of it on there, like give yourself a good couple of wears from it. You can give it a good review. You do not need a full bottle to give somebody an honest review of a fragrance. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, you need a, I prefer to apply by spray. So I prefer like a two milliliter spray. And I think that's more than enough, not only just to do the review, but also to, to wear it enough to really determine what, if you want to get in any other form, like there's, there's really no reason to jump anywhere past that, um, no matter what purpose you're uh, getting it for. I agree. I mean, like, obviously decants, if you're wanting like Scentbird, um, Royalty Scents, or other places that do decants that aren't subscription-based, if you're wanting to, you know, have more variety in your fragrance collection, but you don't want to commit to a full bottle, or for budgetary reasons, I think those 5 to 10 millimeter decants are perfect options. And they are still perfectly acceptable for if you're going to do a fragrance review video. I think it's just there's this really... I don't know where it came from, but there seems to be this idea that if you're going to review fragrances on YouTube, it's better if you have the full bottle as opposed to a sample vial. And I don't think you're any lesser than for having a sample vial than you are a full bottle, as long as you know how to do a good review. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things that I definitely noticed when we started kicking up our fragmental Instagram posts was I felt a little self-conscious about taking pictures and posting decants. Um, And I thought about that. And it really is just because that's what people expect to see. And there are a lot of great pages that take pictures of bottles. But then I think it's actually worthwhile to, to also show off these smaller sizes and say, hey, this is cool too. Like, not only is there nothing wrong with getting smaller sizes, it's actually something to be proud of if if it works with your collection. And if it's a great scent, you want to share with other people. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I just happen to have more bottles and I try to use those. So, uh, you know, for me, it's more like I get a little weirded out if I'm like, this is a newer bottle and it looks like I haven't used it as much. Because for Mm -hmm. me, I want to make sure that people know I'm buying stuff because I like it and I want to use it. I don't want to be putting out photos of just full bottle after full bottle after full bottle of stuff because it gives I don't want to give the impression of I just buy it to have it. Yeah, it's just sitting there. Yeah. And I think that is a, I mean, that is a danger. There's, there are bottles that I have that are pretty darn full still. And uh, thankfully a lot of them are really early in my collection. Like I bought them a long time ago and over and that place where I was buying more than I wanted or more uh, perfumes I didn't really actually fall in love with versus things I just liked or thought I should have. Um, Thankfully that's, that's the category where the, the fuller bottles are coming up. But on the flip side, what's great is um, some of my newer bottles that I've gotten, uh, especially Fate Woman by Amouage, is something that I use literally, I think I use it four or five times a week. Mm-hmm. It's something that I bought at the bottle and it is getting just as much use as any bottle can. I'm like very happy that not only did I get something I really like, but it's getting a ton of use. Exactly. Like for me, obviously I can't wear every single fragrance I have every day. I would probably go into respiratory distress. Um, (laughs) But I've, I've started doing, you know, for my day, Tuesdays are when I handle our Instagrams um, sent of the day. 
and John normally does Thursdays, but I've started doing a, I'm only going to wear five for the entire week. And that's how I'm, that's how I'm going to rotate them. I'm going to put a dent. I, I have the put a dent in it. Hashtag. That's a very cool idea. Like I'm, I'm doing that <laughs> on, like not on purpose at the moment, just cause I am still, yeah, really, really excited about a few fragrances, but I think having more conscious wearing patterns, not only like helps with the bottle issue and the use issue, but also probably gives you a builds like a relationship between you and the fragrance and really deepens your understanding of it relatively quickly. Right. And it's also just a matter of, you know, I, I want to be able to cycle through some of these things and have more of a chance to wear them and have more of a chance to build up some new scent memory associations. And it's also, for me, also for my allergies, it puts a cap on, I'm no longer spraying on eight a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I'm wearing these five. It's not just like, oh, I'm wearing one once one day. It's like, I'll still wear two to three a day. It's just, I'm capping it at five. So they're still getting a fairly healthy spray <laughs> rotation <laughs> yeah. during that week. But for me, it was also just a matter of like, me putting on eight fragrances three different times a day was a little bit too much for my allergies, even mm-hmm. though I really like doing it. So I'm like, yep. okay, I'm going to scale it back. And this also puts a hard limit on me from, you know, respiratory distress, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I've i definitely had similar experiences, especially when I get like uh, new sample sets. That's when, mm-hmm. that's when. When John the sprays goes go really through <laughs> samples, like a duck goes through water. I yes. have never seen anything like it. I at least take a while to go through my samples because I want to spend time with each of them before I like John is just like, I'll send them stuff and they come back. like, Oh, I've tried all of them. These are blah, blah, <laughs> yeah. blah. I'm like, how? <laughs> I just, I mean, that's part of the, um, that's part of like the addictive personality thing that isn't unhealthy. You know, like I love like there's a, there's a fine line between passion and focus and addiction mm-hmm. and um, when I have, when I have a lot of new art all at once, I love to get a taste of all of it and like orient myself relatively quickly. And it's fun. It's wild. Something I know not everyone does, meaning almost no one. Um, but that, yeah, that's my, that's my style. And I, I really enjoy it, but it is, I also acknowledge that, you know, if that's something that in other cases could turn into a possible problem Mm -hmm. but i'm just thankful that in this particular scenario it's it's just fun (laughs) and it's just again going back to the consumptive attitude towards it of you know for me personally uh i recently finally caved and made a fragrantica profile so i could start tracking stuff i'd sampled that they have in their database at least um when i'm doing sample exchanges with people because we've talked before about you know i have way too big of a sample hoard. But when I'm doing samples with people now, I realize it's a really easy way for them to go and quickly figure out what I have that Mm -hmm. they could send me something I don't have. And then I'm putting them all in here. And I remember saying to John the other day, it's like, man, this is a bummer. I don't even have 500. And John's like, "Um, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) I have 463 on my four tests of like samples I have that I've gone through that I still need to write about, or I'm getting, I'm going to be writing about, or I'm going to be trying. And it's not even all the samples that Fragrantica has in its database. I still have some that Fragrantica doesn't have listed. And John's just like, um, maybe reframe how you're thinking about this. 
Yeah, Nobody I mean, needs 463 samples. They make me happy, but also uh-huh. that's 463 bottles I don't have. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it that way, but it's also, it's that nice check of like, why am I feeling like there's a pressure to have 500? Is it because it's just an internal number I think would be nice to hit? Or is it because I am absorbing a lot of things in FragCom about all these samples other people are, you know, trying and everything. And I think it built up in my head, they must be in the thousands and I don't even have 500. Right. Yeah, it is. It's like all about your perception of what's normal or what is good to have it like at the level, like whatever level you're operating at. I never, I definitely think um, just the fact that I review perfumes regularly online, like on a site, I, I definitely have expectations for myself and my own breadth of what I own. And that's healthy to some extent where I want to catch up and be in touch and get the resources I need to do my job. Um, at the same time, I lose, I lose perspective. It's always refreshing to like show somebody uh, who's not part of the fragrance community, all the samples and the perfumes I have. And they're like, holy cow, like, what do you do with all these? Like, this is a, this is a wild collection. And I'm like, wow, it, it really is. Like, I, I shouldn't be feeling this way um, mm-hmm. about like comparing myself to other people. And this is something that really got us thinking, because if if I feel this way, and I've been doing this for a while, you know, and I've been into fragrances for many years, if I'm starting to feel this way, then surely other people are starting to feel this way, especially if they're just now starting out. Yes. Yeah, I remember feeling that way a lot when I started. I was like, I don't have, I haven't even tried X classic perfume with like a bunch of different examples. You know, I hadn't if I hadn't tried a lot of those hyped fragrances, especially those hyped ones are really thrown in your face when you're starting out and you don't know mm-hmm. where to look. Um, that, that sort of feeling of missing out is all over the place. Yeah. And especially like on Instagram, it's such a visual hobby to consume because we can't smell it. Obviously mm-hmm. we can't smell it on the screen. So it becomes a visual hobby. And I think that's where the whole bottles thing comes in of Oh, look at all these bottles. They, you must really, really be at the top of the, and they're like, well, no, I just, I have a lot of bottles. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me a better fragrance enthusiast. It just means I have a lot of fragrance. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the things I actually really like about decants, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but uh, if you get a, a sample or a decant from someplace like scent split that doesn't really emulate the pack the original packaging of the fragrance your mind over time begins to view the fragrance in a different way like you don't associate it with the appearance or the marketing or even the company it just becomes what it is and um whatever whatever uh scent and whatever it means to you becomes the stand-in um mm-hmm. and the thing that's more like dominantly important because i mean i still i love my fate woman bottle but the fact that it's coming out of like this beautiful, like rainbow glass um, bottle and that it's in this beautiful packaging is, is something that sometimes makes me forget what the fragrance smells like, like I'll spray it on and be like, Oh, wait a minute. This is spicier than I remember. Or that's happened multiple times. And that's a sign of a dynamic fragrance. But at the same time, my mind is definitely partially concentrated on something that isn't the actual scent. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's times where you just can't get a sample of something. Yeah. So, 
obviously, and especially now, it's very hard to go out and try to smell it at a counter because of COVID. So you Mm -hmm. have to make that risk of, well, do I want to buy it because I think I'm going to like it? And, you know, and that's okay. If you're one of those people, it's like, I know my note pyramids well enough to know what I'm probably going to enjoy and I'm willing to take the risk on this, then, you know, more power to you. Yeah, I think there's there's a way to buy fragrances that you haven't sampled that is responsible. I mean, and I think it kind of goes for fragrances in general. Um, kind of coming back to the uh, responsible spending or responsible consumption, rather. The there, I feel like there are concrete signs that should stand out to you if you run into them that might signal that you need to make a change. And one of those things is if you're buying something and instead of like happiness or excitement, you feel relief after making that purchase. You know, that you've, you've transformed your hobby into something which is not, not actually actively bringing you joy, but just sort of meeting a need um, mm-hmm. that you have. And I mean, that's, that's a very classic uh, sign of addiction that I've experienced with, yeah, several things. And one of the, one of the things that makes me know I've made a good purchase uh, is when um, I, I'm like legitimately happy and excited, not only when I buy the fragrance, but when I receive it and I use it. Like it, that joy continues. It's not the purchasing itself. It's, it's something else. It's, it's the, it's the use of the fragrance. It's just like the, uh, the appreciation of what you have and what you are going to have. I think another thing to be mindful of is when you just start to feel like I have to buy a bottle or mm-hmm. I'm looking for another bottle, like why are you looking because there's a fragrance you really want or are you looking because you feel like you need to buy something yeah also you know just a very easy sign is set yourself a monthly budget are you going over that monthly budget (laughs) yeah again like yeah sort of what i mentioned earlier you set these boundaries and like even if you one a great thing to happen from setting boundaries is you realize you can meet that boundary and like um you're you see your self-control manifested. But even if you fail, it's better to have that sign and that knowledge than just to coast through and hope things get better or like change in some Mm -hmm. way. And again, it's like you can be a a fragrance enthusiast and have a larger collection and not be an addict. We're not saying if you have a lot of bottles, you're an addict. Yeah, because I mean, if I had looked at my collection just, I feel like five years ago, I'd be like, wow, how, how does this person like manage their money? But I have not had any financial stress from fragrance. Yeah. That entire time, because I've, you know, if you, you can spend responsibly and have a large collection, that's definitely possible. Yeah. Like I want to make sure we're not coming across as like anybody who has a large collection must have a spending problem or they're falling into hype. That's not what we're saying, but we are saying is it is a possibility and it, does happen and we're trying to talk about ways to be mindful about why you're getting these why you may be feeling an urge like are you feeling the urge to get a bottle because you feel like you just need to get a bottle Mm -hmm. like it's almost become a habit for you and you're trying to find something or are you getting the urge to buy a bottle because this scent is lighting up all the dopamine receptors in your head yeah and i think there are other signs too that um like I, I know when I was 
uh, buying a lot of fragrance more than I wanted to be. Um, it became a pattern where I would get paid and then I would have the money to buy a bottle, like not even talking about a specific bottle, but it'd be like, in my mind would say, hey, like I can now buy a bottle. And it wasn't even anything specific. It was just that I had the money. So I was going to dump it into fragrance by default. Like that, mm-hmm. that's definitely not a, a good thing, even though it doesn't have to do with um, it putting necessarily financial stress, but rather the opposite. Like just having that spending money going somewhere by default is also just a. Just in enough. general, not, not even just with fragrance, but if like, if you yeah. get paid and you're immediately like, oh, I have to go spend this money on something retail wise, that may be, um, a sign that you maybe want to step back and maybe reevaluate a few things. But, you know, as opposed to it is very much a reality in Fragcom that if you've sampled a lot of things, you do have a list of bottles I very much want to get. Yeah. And that's totally okay. If you're buying within your budget that you've set out for yourself responsibly, if you're getting a bottle a month and it's something you really truly want, then okay. We're saying the issue is like, oh, well, I have money now. I have to, I I should go buy a a bottle of fragrance Mm -hmm. just because I have the money, not because it's something you really, really want. One thing I do that really helps is just become comfortable with leaving things in shopping carts online. Mm-hmm. Um, like my, my sense, one of the things I really like about sense, and I know I mention them a lot is because I, I use them. Um, but one of the things I love is they just have a wish list. So when I find something that I really want to try, which at the moment, they just got a bunch of new, um, uh, female marketed or feminine marketed, uh, homage samples in like, I got really excited. I put all those on the cart. I looked at all their notes, you know, the usual obsessive (laughs) pattern I have when I find something is available that I've been excited about. And I've just left them in my cart. And I know I can get them when I want or when it's something that I like really want, like decide to commit to maybe if I want to do a review or something. But the fact that that's just sort of waiting for me um, and I know what my go-to purchase is when I want to make it, that's been really helpful because now I don't, I don't like just to have make impulsive decisions. I have a, I have a decision I know I'm going to make at some point when it's right to make that decision. Right. And for me, it's, I always try to sample first. I am not a person. I don't generally like buying something without having tried it. Yeah. I, I don't like the risk involved in it because then I'm stuck with a bottle. Um, so for me, it's, I try to go through samples and then I have samples. I'm like, well, okay, let me pick out the ones I really, really enjoy. And then let me go look up online how much it actually is. And then let me sit on it for a little bit. Like there's, um, a fragrance from Celine called Parade. I love this. I absolutely Mm. love it. But I'm sitting on buying it because I'm like, I want to know if I actually really want it for my collection or I'm just really liking it right now. So I've been sitting on it for over a month and I think about it every day. So I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to buy that at some point this year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I'm still thinking about it. And it's kind of fun to uh, have that to think about and to know to be continuously excited about like knowing this is something I really like. This is something I could possibly get in the future. And also just to know that you're not being impulsive. There's a certain joy to that restraint. 
Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing for me. It was like, you know how much I love Penhaligans. Uh-huh. I talk about it incessantly. Everybody knows how much I like Penhaligans. It's probably my one defining trademark in Fragcom. I'm <laughs> the Penhaligans weirdo. But they came out with a new portrait. It is available to purchase now in the U.S. store. I could go out and buy it, but I haven't tried it. So I am showing my restraint, even though I'm like, I could really, I'd like it. I'm like, A, I'm I'm going to, my my two markers for this. A, I want to have at least tried it first. Mm -hmm. Because the Penhaligans portrait collections are not cheap. Yeah. B, I'm going to wait until it pops up on Fragrance Buy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm like, I can have enough restraint. I want it. I really, really want it but I want it more at a cheaper price than I want it right now. <laughs> yeah. And that, that sort of stuff happens. It can happen in the really weird ways too. Like my, um, yeah, I, I wrote a review. I think one of our first five, like five across the board star reviews for fandom vessels. If not the first was interlude man by Amouage, which is ironically one of the most hyped fragrances on the, in the, in Fragcom. Um, not so much right now, um, but it, it has gone through its phase. And I really wanted to try the new versions that they released. And I still plan on at some point, the Black Iris and then Interlude 53, I believe is the other one, where they've made new versions of this fragrance that I really, really like, obviously. Um, but I sat on it a long time. And then I got Fidelis by Histoires de Parfums for Christmas. And it's literally a better version of it for me personally. It's a better version of what, of what interlude man does. And so my interest in those other perfumes fell by the wayside for good reason. Cause I have a, I have something that I'm going to enjoy now. And that's just because I sampled and explored before making an impulse decision to just jump on a hype train or a new release. Right. For me, like, again, for me, it keeps coming back to samples. Um, you know, I haven't bought, yep a new bottle so much is like I've been doing a lot of sampling like I, I did get a bottle of colonize I I'm calling it colonize because I don't like saying colonize for obvious reasons from Nishane um, <laughs> so that's just personal preference I did get that but my other rule for myself is can I always can I find it at a discount if I can't mm-hmm. find it at a discount I'm going to sit on it for at least a month before I pull the so-called trigger on buying it to see if I really want it. Right. Because if I can't find it on discount, that means I'm going to have to pay full price. One thing that I have to I better really want it. Yeah. One thing I want to note is that in the past, I've gotten uh, kind of tempted in the opposite way where um, I've been tempted to buy things because they were on sale. And I know this is a common like (laughs) marketing tactic, but there are certain corners of the internet, um, whether it's gray market or people selling decants, pardon me, where things have so much hype or so many good reviews that for the price they're being sold at, it feels like you're losing something by not buying them at that price. Yeah, FOMO. And even though you haven't tried it. (laughs) No, that's definitely, I think that goes back to the, I have money. Mm-hmm. And this is a good deal and you get swept up in that as opposed to, okay, but is it money I actually want to spend on this? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I sort of like impulse purchased um, a couple of Tom Ford private blend decants, which I have a pretty good record with that line. I, they've fallen a little out of favor with me. 
Um, I, I guess their style, I think their style is kind of like bombastic, but also kind of shallow, like bold, bombastic, a little shallow, at least in my, especially in the corners of that line that I don't like as much. But I got a couple of um, floral private blends, Jean Quildenwit and uh, Lise Fume. And I hate both of them. And that didn't cost me that much. But now I, I'm here with two decants that I literally dislike. And um, it, I was, it just makes me think like... Keep our it, next giveaway. I'm much. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyone, anyone can have those. Trust me. I'm not... <laughs> I just don't... I haven't found anyone who actually likes them either. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a, an other side where it can happen in reverse. Um, it's great to... I think it's great to snipe uh deals on stuff that you have been planning to purchase but you Mm -hmm. can't go in saying it's a deal so i'm going to purchase it right exactly and i think that's another thing to be mindful of of like when to know it's becoming quote-unquote retail therapy as opposed to it's a hobby that i engage in that i enjoy and also you know especially like if you are a reviewer if you're trying to make this your career i think also something to be careful of is are you getting this because you're just trying to have a breadth of things to review or are you going overboard if I have to review all the things because that's the other thing like with me like with my samples I still put a cap on how much I'm willing to spend on samples because that can rack up really quickly too Mm mm-hmm and then those samples are even more likely to be forgotten in the bottom of a bag. Exactly. And you're likely to, to forget having a bottle on your shelf, even if you don't use it very often. And that's why I always try to like, I either give samples away or I try to do sample swaps because like, I don't want a whore that's just sitting here that's being forgotten. That's not being used. Mm-hmm. I used to have this mentality and I still have some of it of having like a sample library. And I, I like that idea, like as a, especially as a literature person. Within reason. Like I, I, I think you would need to cap that. Yeah. There, I have a box where all the samples I really like are. Um, and then I have a list of things that I would like to try. But just keeping in mind, um, keeping in mind past samples that I've had that were really hyped, that I should have loved, that I no longer use at all is a really good thing to do now and then just to think okay like you're the idealized i'm gonna buy the sample it's the perfect perfume i'm gonna receive it it's going to be perfect like i have to buy the sample like that line of thinking can be disruptive if you just reflect on Mm -hmm. purchases in the past that haven't worked out like you thought they would well i know like john and i both have had uh we'll we'll go in heavy and a certain note of fragrances yeah. or a round of fragrances and they come back and like there is nothing more disappointing than you get a fragrance order sample order and you hate all of them <laughs> yep <laughs> and that can also be a good reality check of like well, yeah. maybe i'm gonna lay off on sampling for a little bit i did not have a lot of luck that time or maybe i should be focusing on things i enjoy now obviously if you're a fragrance reviewer you want to make sure that you're having a wider base and not just like, I'm only going to review this little area and nothing else, unless you want that to be like your niche. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it does again of like, what am I buying? Why am I buying it? If I'm a reviewer, am I buying it because 
I don't have a lot of experience with this particular note family. Am I buying it because it's super hyped and I think I need to get on that hype train to get those views like everybody else is getting? I mean, mm-hmm. I've noticed uh, Stora Skugan, Mist Poofer, has been being hit pretty heavy. Like a lot of people have discovered it. And like I was originally, I didn't do a review the first week of February because I just had a lot going on and that that week and I just told y'all I was like hey my brain isn't working tonight there's not going to be a review out that was when I was going to review mist poofer and in my head I'm like man I could have gotten that out before all the other people in fragcom started hyping it and I'm just like <laughs> I have to tell myself it's like it's not a competition Corey you can hype it at any or you can review this at any time you could have reviewed it last year when you first tried it yeah and that stuff is so random like um over on like our fundamental site, I've, I've gotten a little lucky uh, finding like a couple artists and then having them sort of have a success really quickly. And it was a cool feeling, but it didn't really like, you know, I think we I, idealize that feeling of actually discovering things before other people, because in reality, it, it doesn't really affect your experience of the actual art. Um, it could, it could possibly expand your reading base if you <laughs> jump on a trend first. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not really it's not really something that is all that fulfilling um and yet we're kind of coached by the way it's presented uh fragrance is presented in the community we're kind of coached to want to hype like hype things up hop on trends really fast and all of that yeah be the first one like like if i really really liked it it would be a part of my collection and i'd have already talked about it mm-hmm. like it's nice i'll write something nice about it when i do it but I think it's more expensive than what I want to pay for it. And Mm -hmm. it's not worth it to me to pay that amount to have it. So why am I going to be upset if other people who find it really do enjoy it and think it is worth that cost or price and really do want it and want to talk about it? Why should I be upset about that? Yeah. I think one of the the best feelings that I've felt um, is when I've shown people fragrances and, and I mean, this is just with friends again, why like sending samples is so nice. Uh, just sending samples to people is showing something to someone else and having them fall in love with it. And then they go and it becomes a part of their life and you get to be a part of that experience. That's quite a privilege, but there's no, um, there's, there's no like inverse of that feeling for like beating someone else out to that experience of sharing like it it feels good because you're bringing someone else joy not because you're doing it first or on a a larger scale right it's like we're so conditioned to i have to make this go viral because then i'm going to get the attention for it i'm like that's not really the purpose of the hobby though like i send people who aren't even into fragrance i send them like junior's first starter kit for fragrance with a wide variety of little samples so they can kind of figure out what they actually like Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to become a viral marketing sensation i'm trying to share something i love with other people who've never thought about fragrance the way i have yeah exactly and there's there are like moments i i've always believed that when it comes to art uh, you kind of discover things at the right time. I know mm-hmm. that's a very optimistic way to put it, but I've had so many experiences with earlier when I was like very, uh, very into music and I still am, but like I used to have lists of albums and think I was behind on certain ones that I should 
like, you know, oh, you still haven't listened to that yet? Like, what are you doing? Like people, people say that sort of stuff all the time, make you feel bad that you haven't gotten something yet. Um, but then so many of those things, like you come around to them at a moment and it just happens mm-hmm. to really fit that part of your life. And so you fall in love with things at the right time. And I think the thing, that same thing is true for fragrance. Like you, you sort of discover things when you're meant to. Um, at least I think it's a healthy, it's definitely been a healthy way for me to think about it. Well, and also for me, like <clears throat> John and I on our Fundamentals Discord, we have a private Discord server for the Fundamentals site. And one of the channels we have is for Fragcom. And one of our users, Molly, she's also a writer for the site, had never really considered fragrance at all. And, you know, she talked to John and I fairly extensively over the last six months, like asking us questions about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I finally sent Molly um, kind of like a starter kit. She, you know, she smelled all of them, kind of figured out what she liked. And then she went and bought her first perfume or fragrance bottle. Yeah. And to me, that cool. is so rewarding personally. Like I helped somebody, you know, get into something I really love and shared that with them and they found something in it they really liked. Mm-hmm. That yeah. should be, I think, not, I want, I mean, if you're going to make it your business, then be upfront that it's a business for you. Right. And be upfront of like, I'm running this as a business. I'm doing this as a business. Yeah, I like it, but my primary focus is this is a business. Mm-hmm. I could be it. writing other articles for the fundamentals that would bring in more clicks. Yeah. I think John could be writing more articles <laughs> for the fundamentals that would bring in more clicks. We write about fragrance because it's something we're both passionate about and we want to share it with other people and have them learn to enjoy the things we really enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about like, yeah, definitely sharing fragrance in general, like the, the parts of, sharing fragrance that I feel really passionate about that are powerful are, are sitting and you can't really do this because of COVID, um, <laughs> but sitting down with somebody and having it like seeing their eyes light up and get really excited and think like, I- I've had people say like, this is the fragrance I want at my, to wear at my wedding. Mm-hmm. And you're like, did I really just help? And, and they, then they do. And you're like, did I really just help this person? Like make this part of their life. That's so special, that much more special. Like these things happen. And um, when when I'm writing my fragrance reviews, it's usually because I feel really excited about something uh, and I want to seize the energy that I have in that moment um, and perhaps, you know, send that energy somewhere else and and have it make a difference. Yeah, and it's, you know, and it doesn't have to be like, Lord knows that John and I do not like everything we review. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, I've got one coming up that I really did not enjoy that I'm trying to figure out how do you, you don't want to be overly negative and to the point of you're just being an asshole, but I'm yeah. trying to figure out, it's like, I know it's coming up next month and I'm going to have to write about it, but I'm also like, how am I going to be nice ish about why I really do not like this? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we don't like everything we try. When we review things for the site, we're trying to give our honest opinion. And we normally don't chase after hype train fragrances. We're trying to just, you know, the people who normally read our site are not necessarily from a fragrance background. So we're just trying to, hey, this fragrance exists. Here's the notes. Here's what we thought about it. Here's some history. 
Mm-hmm. Now it's on your radar. You can, you know, decide not for me. Oh, maybe I want to look up more about this. Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the goal. I, I think if you leave, um, if you leave a review with it catalog somewhere in your mind that matters, whether it's like, oh, I don't think this is for me. And I was thinking of trying it or, wow, I never even realized something like this that existed. Now I would love to try it. Like that's the sort of impression that I'm aiming for with my reviews. Yeah. Or even if it's just a, okay, I read this, blah, blah, you know, two years from now, oh, maybe I'm smelling something for the first time. And, oh, wait, I remember, I don't want to try this. I remember somebody wrote about this thing. (laughs) It sucked. Or, oh, wait, I really do want to try this. I remember I read something somewhere and somebody really liked it. I don't even need the credit for it for them two years in the future. I just want to know that I helped them make a decision. Yeah, because, I mean, if your experience is anything like mine in a department store, there are those small handful of of people um, who work at a department store who are fragrance nerds. But most people um, who come there, it's like not their specialty and they just kind of cover fragrance. Like that's just where they happen to work. Um, so like your chances of walking into a store and getting a lot of really good help is, is really a, like kind of a dice roll. And I think it's really good that there are reviews out there for people to check out because they might not know where else to turn for, for like advice from people who really, really care about the, the fragrance world, I guess. Right. It's like helping people to make an educated decision. And that also means helping people to make an educated decision about why I might be buying this. Am I buying it because I feel like I need to, to keep up with the Joneses? Or am I developing maybe a little bit of a problem that I need to pay some attention to? Or is it just because I really want it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely think one of the healthiest things you can do is just to stop, put things on pause before you're about to make a purchase and think, why exactly am I buying this? Mm-hmm. And just having that one step is really helpful. I mean, we, we do it here all the time. Um, it's something, and again, we still kind of act as each other's accountability buddy. Like for me with John, when I'm like, man, I only have 400 some John's like, um, maybe rethink how you're thinking about that. <laughs> I don't think that's the healthiest approach. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, why did I say that? (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's more of a, like, I'll get really, really excited about something. And Corey's like, wow, this is kind of, (laughs) you're really, really hooked on this. And sometimes I'm like, I realize that I'm hooked on something for the right reason. And sometimes I realize like, wow, I'm letting myself get a little like pulled away from like reality. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's nice because we, we both know we have addictive personalities Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're both honest with each other about that. And it's just a way that a, we know the signs in ourselves and we know the signs in other people. So it's nice that John and I have that relationship where we can kind of be like, Hey, just kind of, um, maybe want to think about this, um, with each other. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it would not be a bad idea to also have that be part of your fragcom relationships cultivated as well of like be comfortable you know obviously be genuine don't go to accuse somebody of being an addict because you want to be a jerk you know Mm -hmm. don't take advantage of that but I would say it's not a not bad idea 
or it's not a bad idea to have your relationships and fragcom also ha- be open to people saying, hey, you've been buying a lot recently. Like, mm-hmm. are you liking this? Or like, hey, I've just noticed you've really, really, you're kind of obsessed with having to have these. Like, why do you think you need them type of thing? Yeah. And there's, I think there, there is a place for fragcom to go that's healthier where we maybe find a way to not normalize as much the jokey sort of call for help phrasing that sometimes gets used when it comes to purchases or hauls. Cause I've seen that happen multiple times. Um, not in a, just in a video that Corey recently linked to me, but where people be like, uh, I'm, I like didn't have the money to buy this or, Oh man, I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have done this, but I did. And then they sort of laugh it off and they show it off. And it's kind of like this normalization of people who are actually probably making calls for help, whether they realize it or not. And I wish that, I think there is room for fragrance to the fragrance community to grow where it's healthier. There's a healthier space where maybe people can support each other, be not mean, but reach out and say, Hey, like, I know you're joking, but is this, is this okay? Are you feeling, are, are you feeling like this is sustainable? And it's not as competitive. Like yeah. this isn't a competition. Like yeah, you're doing YouTube, but you know you don't have to turn this into a super competitive. I have to go out and buy all the bottles mm-hmm. thing. It, you know it doesn't need to be that. And also just as a matter of, um, like John said, it's the jokes about oh I'm an addict oh it's like we we've personally decided that we talked about moving forward we will no longer be using certain tags that have mm-hmm. addict in it we just decided we sat down this week and we're like you know what if we're gonna have this conversation on the podcast and we also need to put our money where our mouth is and we need to not be feeding into that with like fragrance addict or perfume addict or you know and especially for us we're I'm both of us are like you know we're we are recovering addicts. We probably shouldn't have been joking about that to begin with. It's just so normalized. It, right. it was something I knew immediately was, was not healthy, but I didn't even think about just not using the hashtag because it's so normalized. Right. But then we were both like, if we're going to be having this discussion, we also need to be doing our part of not normalizing that. So, you know, yeah. we will not, we will no longer be using any hashtags with like, fragrance addict frag addict perfume addict you know anything referencing addiction or went into debt to buy this type of stuff we will no longer be using yeah because the those those hashtags should be used on posts that are going to discuss addiction in a healthy way and acknowledge the possible the possible dangers of it not just normal send of the day posts that make it feel like addiction and um other symptoms of addiction are part of Freycom as we want to see it Mm -hmm. or just kind of laughing it off and not treating it really like it should be yeah so anyways that's our thoughts i know we maybe meandered a little bit but we were trying to be comprehensive about um approaching the subject and trying to be sensitive so we weren't you know, we, we aren't doing any direct call outs in this episode. It's just FragCom as a whole of stuff mm-hmm. that we've noticed. And, you know, both of us tried to list things that we struggled with as well. So it's not like we are perfect, blameless angels here. 
No, absolutely not. I mean, I think the one of the reasons that I like to talk about these things is because they're they're regularly occurring um, behaviors in my life that I have to figure out what to do with. Right. And when we build a more supportive community, it's easier for us to manage them. It's easier for John and I to have each other to kind of be like, mm-hmm. hey, just wanted to check with you. It's maybe not be the healthiest thing you're doing right now. It's easier having somebody else there than yeah. trying to do it alone. Yeah, it's, it's essential. I mean, um, and uh, we're, we're nearing our time here, but I think it's well known among addicts who have who uh, attempted to get better that having a supportive community and someone to talk to and someone to um, sort of lean on for that accountability is one of, if not the most essential things to getting better. Exactly. And it's just sometimes you've got blind spots that you can't see, but your friend does. Mm-hmm. Like, again, the examples John and I gave of we didn't see it at the time, but the other person did. Mm-hmm. And we're like, um, hey, <laughs> let's talk about this. So it's, you know, com- there's a lot of really good elements about Fredcom. It's it can be a very supportive, engaging, let's build this family type of community. And we just want to see it keep growing in that direction. So we're just mm-hmm. trying to address a few things that we maybe noticed that weren't quite as healthy to bring on other people's radar. Yeah. I mean, uh, the hope is that we all get better together and make this a better community. Exactly. So on that note, uh, that will be our time for today. Uh, next month, Gids is actually going to return to talk to me about some spring sartorial choices. So it won't be as heavy as an episode. It'll be a pretty fun episode. Um, I'm really excited to have him back on. Don't forget to check out our other Fundamentals uh, podcast network podcasts. I can talk. I swear I can talk. Don't forget to check those out. We have a weekly TTRPG live play called Forge Academy. Uh, there are some really good people. Also in March, they have a special event uh, going on that will all proceeds will be um, going to Black Girls Code as well. We also have, obviously, Sartorial Splendor, Ladies First, That's Haram, All Bark, No Dice, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics, and we also have Right to Survive has come back, and we will be having a new podcast. It will have just debuted at the end of February called Cannon Fodder, so be sure to check that one out as well. John, thank you for joining me today for this discussion. Absolutely. My pleasure to be here. And for the rest of you, we hope you're staying warm, you're staying safe. Have a good one.